0: Imagine for a moment that you're a very hungry bird soaring over 30-foot ocean swells and high winds with no land for thousands of miles. How do you know where you're going? Well, if you're a wandering albatross, you listen. According to a new finding in October's Proceedings of the National Association of Sciences USA, this seabird navigates using sounds below our thresholds for hearing. For Science Quickly, I'm Joseph Polidoro. The wandering albatross thrives in the circumpolar band of ocean north of Antarctica a windswept region that the world's best sailors say has the most inhospitable seas on the planet. On the Southern Ocean's islands where they nest and brood, one wandering albatross parent tends the nest while its partner takes to the sea, traveling as much as 10,000 kilometers as it forages for scattered prey. The bird must eat enough to fuel its turn on the nest, which can be a long time.
1: Birds might go for perhaps a minimum of four or five days, right the way through to up to 30 days.
0: Samantha Patrick is a marine ecologist at the University of Liverpool in England and a co-author of the study. Wandering albatrosses actually gain weight on these long trips because they're extremely efficient flyers.
2: If you've seen an albatross, it's almost never bit its wings. Uh, It's quite fascinating to see them flying in the wind. When they're flying, their heartbeat is the same as when they're resting.
0: That's Sophie Degresac, an ornithologist and a researcher at the French National Museum of Natural History in Paris, who wasn't involved in the study. With their long wingspan, the longest of any bird, maxing out at 12 feet, wandering albatrosses use wind, air pressure gradients, and gravity above the swells and waves to soar for thousands of miles, reaching top speeds of 45 miles an hour. Basically, wandering albatrosses don't fly, they soar.
2: And the more distance you cover, um, the more you may find food.
0: The wandering albatross's keen senses of sight and smell help it locate prey. But these senses are good for about 100 kilometers, a distance the bird can travel in as little as an hour and a half. So how does the albatross know where to soar toward?
1: There does seem to be this really um, large gap in information that they're able to access.
0: A clue came in a chance encounter on the way to the Crozet Islands part of the French Southern and Antarctic Territories, where Samantha was headed to study albatrosses.
1: On the same vessel were some researchers from the UN and they were going to work with the hydrophone station that's used there. And that hydrophone station is used to monitor nuclear tests and it also gathers infrasound data, like the data that we had freely available to us. And we came up with the question of whether seabirds could use infrasound and um, it was clear that no one had really thought about this before or looked into it before, and that's where the idea for the project came from.
0: Infrasound is any sound below 20 hertz where human hearing starts to drop off. At the very low end of the infrasound spectrum are microbaroms, very low frequency sounds between 0.1 and 0.6 hertz that are detectable across thousands of miles.
3: Microbaroms are generated by the collision of ocean waves.
0: Natasha Gillies is a seabird ecologist at the University of Liverpool and a co-author of the study. The constant hum of for infrasound is called the voice of the sea. It's present everywhere, all the time, but it's unevenly distributed.
3: Where you have um, more energy in the ocean system because you have wavier areas, or windy areas, then you get louder microbarum regions.
0: Ideal soaring conditions for wandering albatrosses.
1: But it also gives them information about standing ocean waves. And this is often caused by things like storms. So it would enable birds to try and gauge where storms are potentially. Um, And so this might be because they want to move towards windier areas that could be optimal, or they might want to move away from windy areas if they're too strong and they want to try and avoid storms.
0: Directly testing this apex predator's hearing is not an option. So Natasha and her colleagues arrived at a creative experimental solution. Get a large enough sample of wandering albatross flight paths. Then, using wind and infrasound data, create a sound map of the total flight area, a map of microbaroms across space and time. Send out another set of albatrosses equipped with sensors to field check the sound map. And finally, overlay the bird's flight paths on the sound map.
3: So essentially what we can get is if you put an albatross at point X in space and on this day and time, what infrasound would it be likely to hear and experience. We didn't have an expectation
1: at the beginning that they would move towards louder or quieter areas.
0: What the team found is that wandering albatrosses aren't exactly wandering. Instead, they seem to use microbaroms to head toward ideal wind conditions.
4: Looking at the the soundscape and how the birds move, almost following this wave of sound, I, I found that beautiful. Uh, my name is uh, Francesco Ventura and I'm a postdoc at Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution.
0: He wasn't involved in the study either.
4: It's another world. That's the thing. It's something that we we cannot fully understand, I think, because we are humans and we just, we cannot even imagine how that would work for us. But it seemed to be working fine for them because they've been doing it for a long time. They seem to be able of reading uh, what's going on and of kind of orienting towards that. You know, that's something that is, uh, it's sci-fi.
3: We know that there is something about infrasound that they want to move towards, that that they like, that is beneficial to them in some way.
4: It was kind of a badly needed paper at this point, because it sheds some new light into a fundamental question that is uh, at the core of a lot of uh, marine megafauna research in general, but also uh, at the core of seabird research, which is how do they manage to find food in such a vast area?
0: This reliance on infrasound may actually extend to other species too.
3: Most seabirds are highly dependent um, on wind for movement. It seems to be um, involved in animal behaviour in a lot of contexts and a lot of different species.
0: They include whales, elephants, pigeons and peacocks.
3: So I would be very surprised if this was um, in any way unique to wandering albatrosses.
2: So albatrosses. is... Had a very long time to evolve ways of feeling the environment, lots of ways they can perceive what's around them, and I think because they really need this condition, this stormy condition, this winds and so on, it makes perfect sense that it would have evolved more than one way of of finding them. I think it's
3: a really nice reminder of the the different sources of information animals might be using, especially in this sort of environment that is so featureless and how animals can still extract so much information and, and context out of that despite there seemingly not being much there.
2: Evolution in animals is always, almost always very surprising. Uh, when we study evolution and when you study animal um, closely, you find remarkable things, remarkable inventions.
0: Science Quickly is produced by Tulika Bose and Jeff Delvisio. Our music is composed by Dominic Smith. Subscribe to Science Quickly wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, give us a rating or review. For Science Quickly, I'm Joseph Polidoro.